Welcome to Popcorn History with the Freeborn County Historical Museum, Library, and Village. I'm Stephanie Kibler, Executive Director at FCHM, along with Risha Lilienthal, Director of Coordinator of Exhibits and Collections (laughs) at FCHM, as well as Reggie Bauer, Operations Manager with Power 96. And today we are discussing Doctors with Drinks. Hopefully not at the same time. Not at the same time, right? <laughs> Drunk, no. Oh, <laughs> doctors, doctors who? No, it's doctors Yikes. with drinks, which I'm not really sure. It's doctors with drinks. It's doctors and eh, drinks. I, doctors and drinks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can connect. With this makes me think of my so. surgeon holding a martini glass <laughs> and a scalpel. Right. Oh yeah. dear, that's making oh, me a my. little nervous. <laughs> should make you nervous. Yes, I don't want that. Yeah, you're trying to figure out what to do. So I've had uh, Dr. Elizabeth Stacy in my mind for a while now, because in our new Victorian exhibit that we're putting together, we have a case where we can put clothing in. And a case, by the way, we received from the North Northfield Historical yes, yeah. Museum, which is, uh, they were gifted it to us. Fantastic it's a case. Very nice case. And uh, I found a brown cotton dress that has these little kind of like white, kind of tannish figures on them. And it was once worn by Dr. Elizabeth Stacy. She died in 1906, but she lived in Freeborn County for most of the second half of the 1800s and, well, through the rest of her life, pretty much. Um, you know, that dress does not look cotton to me. No, it doesn't. It, it looks, um, I want to say, like, it looks like it's a thicker, richer mm-hmm. fabric, the way mm-hmm. it hangs, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Mm. It is. It's Well, and see, um, I've seen it, because we have it written that it's cotton, but it's also written that it's uh, also a silk, kind of, so it might have both oh. cotton and silk in there, and then it also has some velvet um, additions to it, like the collar and the cuffs. Um yeah, it's got silver buttons and a peplum. Yeah. And what else does it have? It has pockets. <laughs> it has pockets from the 1800s. Okay. Which, no, I, I do understand where you're going with this. <laughs> Reggie is looking at us a little funny, but for those of you who don't get where we're going, women's clothing often doesn't have pockets, mm. especially decent pockets. And so to right. go back to the 1800s. Well, and I and have pockets. Yeah, and so it's like the the bodice has this kind of peplum to it, and right above where it kind of goes out, it's got this cute little teeny tiny pocket there, just like maybe I don't know, like you could maybe fit like your pointer finger, middle finger, and your thumb like in there. Like I feel like that's all you could maybe get in there. It's where you kept your silver dollar. Yeah, <laughs> and then um, underneath that, still on that left side is a deep, deep pocket in her skirt. Hmm. So it was really cool. <laughs> is that where she kept her martini glass? Oh, my. <laughs> oh No, see, she was um, very big into the temperance movement, so oh. she would not have been having a drink. <laughs> she would have been stealing other people's drinks and confiscating them. Right. There. Maybe this should bad be for you. <laughs> doctors without drinks. Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> But she, uh, in multiple sources that we find her in, she was the only doctor in Freeborn County between 1861 and 1865. Mm. So during Civil War time, she was the only doctor for all of Freeborn County. Which is kind of amazing that Mm -hmm. there was only one doctor. 
but incredibly amazing that that one doctor was a woman. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, you know, all the men would have been off at war for, like, the Civil War and the Dakota War. and Yeah. Uh, But she passed on December 19th, 1906, from what her obituary said it was a protracted illness caused by digestive troubles. So that doesn't sound fun. No. No. Um, but she married Judge Edwin D. Stacy in Pennsylvania in 1840. She was 23 at the time, and they came to Geneva Village just after they got married. And then they moved to Albert Lee in 1859, and that's where they live for the remainder of their lives. And there's a lot of really cool little tidbits in her obituary. Again, I'm saying I love the obituary. <laughs> um, but she was one of the noble and representative pioneers who gave character to the early history and progress of the county. She was one of the foremost beneficent factors in the development of the social, moral, and material qualities, which have given Freeborn its noble rank and repute. And during her life here of half a century, her personality has been known and familiar to all, and all have esteemed and loved her for the good she has done and for her rare qualities of head and heart. Mm. Oh, that was really sweet. Mm. Yeah. Um, But she also... In that obituary, she traversed the journey of life, a cheerful, cheering traveler, and here inside of its 90th milestone, becoming weary, she paused and waited, waited and watched and entered into rest, the rest which maketh glad. That was in that, too. So she was known to be very cheerful. Mm. That was nice. Uh, She became a doctor in Pike Algony. It's a county in New York. Hmm. Uh, as Elizabeth D. Heath was, her maiden name was Heath. And it was kind of an interesting thing I saw about how she, so she became a doctor and she be- completed her medical studies. Um, she did lectures in Buffalo, New York was how she did her studying. But there's a piece from uh, Our Women Workers by E.R. Hansen. That says, so she completed medical studies lectures in Buffalo, New York, for the atrocious crime of being a woman. She perfected her studies elsewhere and attained a skill which ensured her an extensive practice. So I guess that Buffalo didn't give her like a license is my guess. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm going to guess it was fairly rare to have female doctors at that time. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's that's so, another point. I mean, I'm guessing even getting um, a degree through a college to mm-hmm. be a doctor was probably difficult. Yeah. In her eulogy, it states, I have heard it said that she was the first woman physician graduated from the University of Michigan, the first regular woman practitioner in the state of Minnesota, and the third in the United States. Wow. Yeah. So she was one of the first women doctors in the united states with a license and legal practice a pioneer yeah look at that yeah um she for 25 years as a practicing physician she went wherever called to relieve pain and to gladden the hearts that were heavy by giving health to the stricken over the pathless prairies she drove often in the nighttime encountering many dangers in the faithful pursuit of her calling 
Very admirable. Yeah. She's a cool, cool lady. She loved to travel, too. She went to, like, Mexico and Europe and Alaska and, yeah. Interesting. So, um... I kind of stumbled on something oh. this morning relating this morning. to Dr. Stacy. Okay. Uh, this was a weird little thing, and I thought, huh, I got to dig a little more. <laughs> there was a jangle over the starting of horses in the races at the Steele County Fair at Owatonna Friday, and a telegram from the management, Dor K. Stacy, drove over there to take charge of the races Saturday, but the hard rainstorm spoiled the day. Dor Stacy is her son. Yeah. Huh. Um, which I just thought I got to look and see, you know, exactly who he is. But in his obituary, it said uh, Judge Stacy's wife, mm-hmm. Dr. Elizabeth Stacy, mother of the deceased, was a woman of rare intelligence and character and prominent in the community for her good deeds. Aww. And I thought that was interesting that they mentioned her to in that his, in his yeah. obituary. Yeah. Um, He was actually um, one of the commissioners appointed by Governor Gorman to organize Freeborn County. Oh, wow. Hmm. Whoa. So, yeah, that was my little tidbit that I came up with this morning as I was looking for general stores. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And Dor was spelled D-O-R, right? D-O-R, yeah. Which, interesting first name. Right. And their other kid uh, is named Justice because... I'm guessing Judge was the dad, you know, so Justice would be the kid. Makes sense. You know? <laughs> so Door, did they just take letters out of Doctor? And Oh, my gosh. Oh. I don't know, because I've seen that name before. Door? Yeah, that's, that's an, interesting. a name in that time period. And we should ask library, Linda, the librarian, to um, tell us what she can about that name. Yeah. If there's a... If there are others that around that time... Because I've never heard... No, that sounds to me like something that would be like an alien's name in Star Trek or something. <laughs> <laughs> or like a really odd nickname, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, what, like, you know, for Dorothea, Dor. Sure. <laughs> Dorcas. Dor. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a really strange, really strange um, name, I thought. And yeah. I'm sitting here now trying to determine, you know, you, you were starting to talk about Dr. Stacy, and, and why did I say General Stores? Because uh, Heath. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there was a connection with one that's of the right. Heaths. The Heaths was a general store owner uh, in Freeborn County. Yeah. Um, who is actually one of our um, Echoes of the Past videos that yeah. we've got on our YouTube it channel. John Heath. I um, I was struggling with how I made that leap. This, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> how did I do that? I know, right? It's really, it's really kind of. Um, there's a lot going on at the museum, and yeah. some days it's really hard to keep track of. Well, I suppose. <laughs> Not gonna lie, yeah. but so in 1939 to 1940, there were actually 43 retail grocery stores, meat markets, um, general stores in Freeborn County. Mm. That Actually, seems like in, a lot. I should yeah. say in the city right. of Albert Lee. So I'm going to assume that even seems more. Like a lot. Right, right. right? Um, and about that time, they were looking for um, starting to use coolers and freezer units. Ooh. So for fresh vegetables and frozen foods, uh-huh. which I think is so interesting. Fancy. Uh, right? <laughs> um, oh, they got that newfangled refrigeration. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh my gosh. That must have gone with that. What was the electricity comment? That crazy uh, electricity so or something. I, I remember like that. what you're yeah. talking about, yeah. yeah. So um, 
anyway, I it just it was fascinated me that there's 43 of them in the city of Albert Lake. Yeah. And we have some great photos mm-hmm. of some of them. I mean, they're really cool. Um, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk general store a little bit also is because we have completely emptied our general store. Yeah. And it's getting cataloged mm-hmm. and painted and new flooring. And mm-hmm. then we'll be put back together um, and hopefully fresh and ready for our Discovery History program this yeah. fall. Ooh. I know, right? It's very exciting. Um so, uh, some of the little tidbits here. John's Roods Food Market at 118 South Broadway had two phone lines and oh. delivery service. Wow. Oh, my. Customers phoned in orders and requested delivery. Shoppers visiting the store made their selections and sometimes requested delivery, especially if they were walking home. Okay. And delivery was, I'm assuming, done um, probably some with horse and wagon. Oh, Yeah. Would be probably the most economical, wouldn't right. it? Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting. Um, so and then suddenly came this. The Linda. This is one of Linda's articles. With the dawn of self service, shoppers selected the items and placed them in carts or baskets. Where before, in a general store, the store owner would pull right. the items for you. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. And now it's self checkout. I mean, we've right. kind of gone right. That that contact with that store owner or store manager is like out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I can remember as a kid driving into Albert Lee, and we would shop at Boyd and Jack's grocery store, which uh, purchased Malmer's General Store in 1944. Um, and for a while, Boyd and Jack's, after a fire destroyed their building. Oh. Operated under the grandstand at the Freeborn County Fair. Wow! Huh. Oh my god! Fun little grocery store tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> um, starting in the fifties, grocery stores promoted self-service, free parking, extended hours, evenings, and Sundays. Free parking. <laughs> <laughs> so here in 1907, the Berrigan and Thurston Grocery Store, which was in the Hewitt Building on Broadway. Uh, had two wagons and teams who delivered customers' purchases. Um, Jack Spratt Food Store was operated at College Street or Avenue. It doesn't say, actually. It says College. Um, from the 1930s until 1960. Oh, that's pretty Long-running run. little store. Several of them started to feature bakery items when they started doing delivery. Um, in 1956, Boyd and Jacks offered Washington State apples at 25 cents for two pounds. That was oh. something that was new. Um, going out into the out into the county, Lurdall had a general store, a telephone exchange, <laughs> town hall, harness shop, shoe shop, black post office, and a creamery. The general store, (laughs) lots of R's. Mm -hmm. The general store was struck by lightning and burned to the ground um, in 1909, um, which started the, I guess, maybe decline. It's listed as a ghost town now in the museum. Oh, yes. So as some of those buildings then went out, Mm -hmm. the town became more of a township and not. Yeah. Yeah. Parcel post was also a common thing in a general store. So instead of having your post office, 
many of the general stores oh, yeah, yeah. actually had a post office in the store. So where I'm from, Vermilion is, is the technical town. It's a town of about like 400 or so people, about a half hour southeast of the cities. They actually, in their, like, their main gas station, it's called Vermilion Pump and Market, they literally have a little post office inside oh. that building, just like kind of on the, the west side of the building. So you go into like the convenience store, you walk over, and then you do your post office stuff there. That's and I so guess cute. that's... You know, it, that's interesting, based. too, that that's well, kind of disappeared because you look at Mailbox, what is that, Mailbox, et cetera, or something, where they actually have, it's a store front with mailboxes that operate similar to the post office. Huh. Hmm. So why is that... How convenient would it be for, like, I mean, now we have, you know, the superstores, Walmart and the big Target stores, but wouldn't it be great? They've got banks and coffee shops in those. Why not a post office? Well, Walgreens does. Walgreens will send a package for you. Some do send packages, yeah. I think um, Hy-Vee, I think, will send packages for you. I think you can drop. I think you can buy stamps at Hy-Vee. So I guess to some extent, they're still operating as a general store, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. Um, one of the things, though, as we were researching that I thought was really interesting, general stores had the division between left and right. Right. Yeah. The right side was the needs. Is that mm-hmm. right? And the left side was the, the wants. wants. Interesting. Yeah. So that so as we're doing redoing our general store, we're trying to set that up in a similar way. Sure. Yeah. You'd also have, going back to Dr. Stacy, doctors would set up right. in, a, in a corner, in the back corner yeah. of small of Doctors, general stores. Dentists. Apothecary. Right. Hmm. Which is something we'll be adding to our general mm-hmm. store, too, is an apothecary shop. Yeah. Telephone offices sometimes right. were. So, yeah, it's just yeah. it's just kind of a fun. It's been really fun pulling the general store apart and looking at the items and then researching what um, traditionally a general store was. Yeah. Uh, and some of those things are still here today and some are long gone right mm. like i want my groceries delivered by a horse and wagon <laughs> oh. wouldn't that be great yeah hear the clippity clop know your apples and your steak is coming <laughs> i don't know or your <laughs> or your soda pop oh my gosh soda pop oh wow thank you for that little segue there that helps me to talk about uh the next thing i had in mind was a root beer stand and i don't really quite fully know how my mind jumped to that one um i remember reading the uh remembering glenville book and in that it talks about general stores that were in glenville like early 1900s well mid early mid 1900s and in one of the sections it was a picture that just caught my interest right away is uh the lloyd deckard's root beer stand and that was from 1945 to 1947 it was uh this like barrel-shaped building. Oh, fun. That's awesome. And In Glenville? In Glenville. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah. And so in that book, there's a photo of root beer being sold to a man named Fred Christensen by Jeannie Sanderson through that wi- a window in that, like, barrel-shaped building. And the owner, Lloyd Deckard, is kind of hidden in the background in the door in there. And it looks like it's, it's a black-and-white photo, so, but it looks like it was maybe striped. Like I was picturing, like red and white, but it like oh, there's the two colors. The barrel was, itself oh. had like two color gotcha. or like two different shades on it. Um, 
And in the background is James Deckard's garage in Glenville. And um, so the stand was on Highway 65 south of Rock Island Depot. So it was like right in that area. And So did he brew his own root beer? I don't know. That's all I had on it. And then um, in 1947, Victor Nesbitt loaded the stand onto a flatbed truck and moved it west of the outdoor theater. You know, the theater... we talked about in the previous yeah okay yeah um on highway 16 in albert lee so it moved there in 1947 how long was it there do you know i don't know just i don't i Hmm. I feel like if i if i had gone to you know in the 70s if i'd gone to the drive-in i would have noticed a giant (laughs) striped barrel right and i don't remember it well i'm guessing it might not have been there for 10 years 10 like that would have been about 20 years maybe if it had been there in the 70s like 25 yeah yeah 25 30 yeah yeah huh that's awesome i really want to i bet you i wonder he must have made his own root beer i don't know because you'd have to get it by the keg right yeah i wonder hmm i'm excited for autumn in the village Mm -hmm. because we're gonna do some old-fashioned we always have root beer and then sarsaparilla but i'm thinking we need a little black cherry and Orange cream soda to go with that. Orange cream is good. Um, And make some really good root beer floats. Mm -hmm. There used to be a lot of root beer stands. I mean, you could, there used to be an Mm NW. Right. Dog and Suds was considered, I think, a root beer stand because you could get mugged root beer there. Um, And even in the smaller uh, surrounding communities outside of Albert Lee, um, there were other Allendale had a Allendale had an A and W stand, hmm. New Richland, um, Blooming Prairie I believe did. All those aren't in Freeborn County, but I I'm. It's the area. It's the yeah. area, yeah. And there were a lot of them. I wish they'd come back the old fashioned way. Yeah. Casa Zamora now has the dog and suds. Oh really? That area. Yep. Yeah. So oh. their little outdoor seating area oh, is where. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's where you used to pull up and order your. I think that also was the A&W, actually. I think it was... Oh, really? I think it was both. I it could, could see that. Wow. It, it, it kind of looks like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But I wish they'd come back. I'd love to pull up... You see them once in a while, but not very often. Do you right. see those traditional where you can just pull up and get a... Get a nice root fresh beer. Fresh Well, root and beer. see, that's what I picture, too, when I think of general stores in, like, the 50s and stuff. I picture, like, kids going in to get their little soda pop with that straw out of the glass bottle. And mm-hmm. I also think about the 30s. We did that um, in the 70s. Oh, my gosh, you did that in the <laughs> 70s, too. Just saying. Oh, wow. Well, I think of, like, It's a Wonderful Life, that movie, where it's also, like, an ice cream shop and an apothecary mm-hmm. in that general store. And we have one of those cigar lighters that they had in that movie where he goes in and he goes, I wish I had a million dollars. And then he, like, he pulls on it and it, like, lights the flame. And then he goes, hot dog. And, like, (laughs) you never know if that's good or bad. (laughs) I feel like that needs to be on display on a video next to that lighter. Because nobody knows what that is. And nobody knows how to work it. Yeah. Um, So that little... That's worth buying an iPad for, <laughs> just to be able to do that clip. See Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, just to do that clip. That's funny. Huh. Yeah, I'd love to be able to drive into it. I'll drive in and get root beer. Yeah. But since we can't do that, we just have to enjoy them with our popcorn. 